views expressed on this program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and are not necessarily those of this station, its management, or other advertisers. You're listening to Transformation Talk Radio. Welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show is coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody. Welcome. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Welcome to TransformationRadio.fm. Welcome to Transformation Talk Radio. Welcome to all of the above. Uh, Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for tuning us in, turning us on. And please, I ask you to just please be patient with me because I am, too, learning – I'm learning, you know, this new technology we have. And, you know, so far, all of the feedback has been phenomenal from the host, from you all uh, that are trying to get into the show. And Mary, I still don't know how you were able to send me that question you sent me during the last hour. But certainly I will get caught up to speed by next week for sure. Uh, the point is we want to honor all of you all across the globe that have been supporting us for 13 years. And we do that by bringing you the best of the best right now. You know, the people that are helping all of us understand what our role um, might be in this world and providing us with the tools so that we can step into that role. You know, one of the folks that provides the tools for me is Mr. Benny. Hey, Mr. B. I think I caught him off guard right there. That's okay. I was answering the phone. What's up, Pat? Yeah, I, I, answering the phone. It happens, you know. Th- I mean, like that's what happens. We're busy. We're we're busy over here. You're bu- <laughs> <laughs> you do that's your thing. We do our thing. I know, and together we do our things. Yeah. So, so we're doing our things. Uh, Benny, I I meant that you and I have like a little soul vow. Soul. I think we do. I think we got a soul vow. That's today. You know, Janet Connor joining me here today. The book is called Soul Vows: Gathering the Presence of the Divine in You, Through You, and As You. And what does the soul vow mean? And so, um, you know, we're going to hear from Janet about. How you get to write a book like this, you know, what does this mean when we're looking at the essence of our lives, the I am's that we don't generally talk about, the fears that show up, the paradoxes in our lives, you know, how to listen in ways that we've not listened before. And what does all of this have to do with the soul? 
Well, if you look at some of what folks has have written about Janet as a spiritual teacher, as an author, as somebody that is helping people step true in their full brilliance, what you're going to hear today is, you know, in this third book in her signature series, Your Soul Wants Five Things, her landmark book, Writing Down Your Soul. And, you know, what is it about all of this that we're going to hear today? What happens to those of us, those of us that hit a rock bottom in life? And I know Janet knows what I'm talking about. But what is it about those of us that hit rock bottom, maybe once, maybe even more than once, that helps us rise up beyond the beyond and build some chutzpah so that we can live what our soul is calling us to live in this lifetime. And Janet is someone that has done that. So we get to chat with her about the current state of affairs in the spiritual landscape today. And what is it that Soul Vows invites us to look at, to take in, and then to become. Janet, welcome to the show. It's great to have you here. Oh, and I'm thrilled to be here. I love having conversations with you, Pat. Rock bottom. Let's start. (laughs) Sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, You know, I got to go there for a minute because, you know, let's you and I, we're going to talk like friends here for a minute because in some way we, we are connected in probably ways that only you're going to be able to talk about. But there's something about hitting rock bottom. You know, I used to think, Janet, maybe you can straighten me out with this. I used to think, oh, you know, during a lifetime, maybe you only hit one bottom. No, I don't think that's, that's, that's not, apparently that's not my journey. But I'm in a place now where if it were to happen to me again, and by the way, 2008, um, between 2005 and 2008 was my last one. Now, if it happens to me again, I perhaps I'm going to look at it differently. But do we have to hit that bottom? Did you have to hit that bottom? I think I personally did because I was living the quintessential American, let's try to be perfect life. If I just marry the right person, have the right house, raise the perfect child, get a couple hundred thousand dollars in the bank, get to be a vice president, you know, you keep building these fortifications, thinking, and this is what's lacking in our education. It'd be nice if somebody would sit us down and say there are no fortifications. There is no competency that you can create, no title, no savings in the bank that's going to protect you from life's losses. The human experience is the experience. Just look at the cycle of a plant, of any animal, of the birds that are being born right now in the backyard. The human physical experience is a seed is Born, grows, prospers, and shifts and changes and declines and dies. Mm. Why, oh why, do we think, but not me, I'm going to have the perfect marriage and the perfect this and the perfect that, and I'm going to live happily ever after. And then, wham, the cosmic two-by-four says, well, actually, honey, (laughs) 
<laughs> no, you're not. So did it have to happen to me? Yes, because I wasn't listening. I wasn't engaging in any kind of deep spiritual in- introspection. And so, um, as anybody who's read Writing Down Your Soul knows, I didn't just go through a divorce, you know. I went. I came within a hair's breadth of probably um, dying going through that divorce. And today, not at the time, not at the time, I'm sure from between 2005 and 2008, you weren't saying, boy, am I happy this is happening to me. But once the universe cleared the decks, there went the marriage, there went the house, there went private school for my son, there went my life savings, there went my career, there went my title, there went my clients. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> when the right. books were cleared, these new sprouts, these new seeds could grow, and I wouldn't trade for a millisecond the exquisite life I have today for that supposedly perfect life back then with the private office on the 17th floor of a high-rise building. I wish I'd listened a little sooner, but I didn't, and so I'm grateful. I'm actually grateful for the tragedies I face. You know, I have to, I have to really, you know, talk to you about this for a little bit because, you know, this really does tie in to what you're writing about in the book. Because, you know, sometimes when we're in the middle of that thing, right? And we're in the middle of that thing and we're wondering to ourselves, um, I may never get out of this. This is a pothole I stepped in that's going to, you know what? I'm going to still be in the pothole and they're going to come along and they're going to plug it up. And they're not going to see that I'm in the pothole and they're going to think they're doing a good job because they're filling up the pothole to make the road better. But I'm down here and nobody sees me. Um, And I want to ask you, do we rise up stronger? Yes. The the short answer is yes. But the big answer is, but how? Right. But how? And for me, what happened in this dark, I was living in my living room with the blinds shut so I wouldn't be the victim of a drive-by shooting. I mean, I was Mm -hmm. completely non-functional. All I did was cry. I had absolutely no way of knowing at the bottom of that black hole that this light was about to go off. And I was about to discover writing down your soul, this brand new way to transform what we've been calling journaling into actually, literally divine dialogue. So my dog took pity on me and brought me my untouched copy of The Artist's Way. And even though I was an utter wreck in that moment, even I could tell you know, I think this is help here. Why is this happening? Puppies do not bring you books. And so I started to read it. I only made it to page 15 because that's all the universe needed me to read. And in that book, Julia Cameron says that when she can't solve a problem, she's discovered that there is a source of wisdom on the page. That's all I needed. And the way I've described that moment and the moment of a couple other traumas in my life is that in that moment when this truth breaks through. I literally felt my world stop spinning, and I felt like the compass on my soul, the needle on my soul's compass spun around to true north and stopped. Now, could I have articulated that in the moment? Did I understand that I was, when I picked up a pen and wrote, Dear God, comma, that I, years later, would end up having 
the number one book in the journal writing category for six years? No, of course not. But I still knew there's this visceral thing inside of you, in your soul, that goes, yes, honey, come on, come on, wake up, here we are. And, and so I started writing. And the writing activated this divine voice. That's why the subtitle of Writing Down Your Soul is how to activate and listen to this extraordinary voice within. So I started having conversations with that voice. And one of the very first conversations I had was about vow. In that moment, did I have any, even the tiniest awareness <laughs> that in 2015, my third book, Soul Vows, would come out? No, of course not. But I was so angry, Pat. You know, vows, schmows. Don't you talk to me about vows. Marriage right. vows are an utter joke. So I'm just whining, bitching, moaning, screaming on the page to this dear God. And I didn't even really understand what I was talking to. Well, what is dear God? I never even asked myself that question. I just started venting. So one of the very first topics was vows. And all, are all vows suspect? Are there any vows? Well, the universe, not just on the page, and I'm absolutely certain that this is true of every single one of your listeners. Writing down your soul or meditation or prayer or any other spiritual practice is a way to activate, to access this exquisite divine wisdom. But then the universe starts responding, and it can respond with a song on the radio. It can right. respond with a message on a billboard. It can respond in your dreams. My big moment is often just waking up in the morning because you're still in the theta brainwave state. Poof, messages arrive. Well, very quickly, like within days of my bitching about vows in my deep soul writing, somebody handed me David White's book of poetry called House of Belonging. Why? Oh, yes. Mm. Oh. I pick oh. it up, and the fourth or fifth poem is called True Vow. Oh, look at that. I read this poem, and I went, oh, my God, that's it. So I picked up a pen, and I said, dear God, dear God, that's it. That's what I want, because David White says in that poem, the vows that you say out loud are the vows you break. How many of us standing at the altar could say that about our marriage vows? But there are vows you can make to yourself in the silence that it would kill you to break. Wow. Mm. So I said to God, okay. That's what I want. I want true vows. I had no idea in that moment that I was starting the process for what has become this holy mystical practice that has, more than anything else I teach, this one is the one that utterly changes people's lives. You know, I wanted to, Janet, you know, when you're talking about this, one of the things that comes to mind is, and I'm sitting here and I'm listening to you and I'm thinking about this, um, and I'm really struck by, well, I'm struck by a number of things in the book, but one of the things I'm really struck by is this idea of exploring the deep, deep pockets, I like to call them, of our soul. You know, yeah. the deep pockets of our soul. And, and in, in, in the world that we live in, what does that come to look like? And yeah. here's what I'm struck by now as you're talking about this, this notion that we we do get to make vows in vows to ourselves to our soul to whatever that is in the deep silence of our isolation you know those deep those moments those solitary moments when we get to interconnect 
with the fatality that we view as our lives. You know, the moment where indecision plays no role, it has no place, and surely indecision will lead to a death of many, many layers. And, you know, what I'm struck by what you just said is that there is and there might be the key that unlocks the universe of our future in the whispers that we can hardly make about the vows that haunt us. And I would love for you to talk to that if you could or if I'm off track, you know, get me get me on board here. Well, I um, love the way you talk about deep soul. That's such an important, meaningful, evocative description for me. It's so evocative for me that I don't call the chapters in my book chapters. Mm -hmm. I call them deep soul explorations. Mm -hmm. That's what all of my books and, and my entire life is about is a conversation with myself and with my source at the soul level, asking the big questions. And one of the first ahas for me, looking back at these various traumas in my life and seeing how they led me to discover deep soul writing, discover soul vows, discover so many things, I realized that I actually set this entire thing in motion Long before the divorce, one night, it was December 31st, 1995, I'm sitting in my back bedroom, my home office, and I couldn't turn the calendar page to January 1st. I mean, even remembering the scene, I wow. started to get teary because I knew I was in a toxic marriage. I knew I was doing toxic work. I was a very successful headhunter. And I knew at some visceral level that even, even if I could reactivate my marriage, even if I could be in even bigger success on my, in my job, I still wasn't going to be happy. I was hungry for something deeper. Now, why did I do the next thing I did? I, I, I tell this story because I want everybody to know that this hunger is inside of everybody. This knowing is inside of everybody. And if you'll just listen to it for a millisecond, the universe will take it from there. I pulled out a piece of paper. This is before I knew anything about deep soul writing or the power of putting anything in writing. But I was so hurt, so angry, so lost, so frustrated. And I wrote in big letters, I want you to find me. I will sit in a field until you find me. Mm. And I could see myself. Now, what I, you know what I know now? That was a dangerous prayer. <laughs> I'm a big <laughs> fan of dangerous prayer. Uh, you know, why say a safe prayer? Why tell God what you need and what it's going to look like, right? Let's go for dangerous prayer. But when you say a dangerous prayer... With every cell of your being, the entire universe lines up. The angels come, the messengers come, the divine comes, Shakti comes, the Hindu goddesses come, they all come. Everybody yeah, lines up to answer your prayer of longing. Only you didn't know that that's what you requested. You know, within months, everything was gone. I saw myself alone in this field. I actually could, I could see it in my head. I could see myself alone in a barren yellow field. And my feeling was, hello, anybody out there? 
I'm sitting alone in a field. If you just pay attention for a millisecond, how can you miss me? How can you miss me? It took me years to understand how exquisitely that prayer was answered. So in the book, in Soul Vows, I, I, I invite people into this adventure by talking about the problem with the word want. Ugh. We are obsessed with I want. Tell God what you want. Get clear about what you want. Want is too small. Want is I want a sandwich. Want is I want a better job. And sometimes you work to yourself towards a, a little bit more meaningful wants. I want to learn to paint. I want to spend time with my mother before she dies. But it's still small. And our entire culture is set up. It loves want. Because it can satisfy want with stuff. Oh, you want a better yeah. job? Oh, you want a bigger house? Oh, you want a red car? It doesn't know what to do with longing. When was the last time somebody had a conversation with you, Pat, about what do you long for? Yeah, now, it's interesting. Yeah. yeah, it's interesting you say that because, you know, want has a, f- a fabulous cousin uh, called need. And <laughs> want and need together... Right. I mean, think about what we're talking about here for a minute. You know, want and need together barely scratch the surface of Maslow's, you know, bottom rung. Right. Right. Barely. And I love what you're talking about. And, and absolutely, the book is fabulous as well in terms of how you walk us through this place that you just so beautifully described, because It's so difficult right now, and I'm just going to say it. Maybe I'm going to say it for the thousands of people listening to this show. But I'm no different than these folks, because when I dialed that wrong number in 2003, I was at the want and need that I was on my knees at the want and need. And honestly, I did not have the insight or the wherewithal to not flip the page in January, right? Because as I think back, that was a pivotal point in my life where, yeah, that relationship really, for whatever reason, my soul needed to drag that sucker out. It's just, you know, it wasn't clear to me. But longing, you know, I think of the word desire and maybe maybe longing and desire aren't together. But there's a passion for me when I get into that place of desire where my my heart aches right Ache. it yeah. aches am i in the right ballpark or not oh i think you're describing exactly what i'm trying so hard because it's tough to come up with words that really capture this and even our spiritual practices i think have been so convoluted into focusing oh. only on what you want only on what you need they're playing so small in a tiny little corner about, you know, yep. but let's focus on your new car. Oh, for heaven's sakes. Let's focus on the purpose of life. Let's focus on what my soul is longing for. And when you break away finally and listen, because your soul knows what it's longing for. Your soul knows what it desires. Your soul knows what you're here for. This isn't a hard left brain intellectual exercise. It's a stepping into a relationship with your soul and listening just let your soul speak the big uh big one of the many there were so many surprises in soul vows Mm -hmm. but a huge one 
I was actually getting ready to teach it uh, a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. and I was doing the paperwork. I didn't have the book at the time, so I would send people a little weekly PDF with their exercises, their pages. And as I was getting ready to send it, I suddenly had this, oh, oh, look at that. All the steps to get to your soul vows mirror perfectly the chakras. Oh, yes. How did, well, how did I miss that? Uh, How, up until that point, I guess I wasn't ready to see it. The second I then, I had to rewrite every word I've ever written on soul vows, and I had to become a deep student of the ancient Vedic uh, system. Suddenly I could see this perfect method, this perfect map, this perfect system, because it helps you address the problem you've been talking about, mm-hmm. that getting stuck place. The truth is, we're all living vows. Mm. I and love this. they're not this. pretty. I love they're not this. pretty. We're going to take right? a short break. When we come back, um, what I want to do is I want to, first, before we go to break, I wanted you to tell folks how they can find out more about you, how they can get a copy of the book, and anything else right now before we go to break that you want to share with our folks. Because we, you and I, we already skipped one break. We're going to skip the next one after oh. this because we, we have to talk chakras here in a minute. Yeah, we, we get so excited. So yeah. everybody come to Janet Connor, spell Connor with an E, C-O-N-N-E. JanetConnor.com. Everything your soul wants, all the books. There's a special new page for soul vows. And on April 14th, for my once a year, I'm teaching the course, Soul Vows. And I'd like to give Pat's listeners a 20% discount on the course. Just enter the coupon Mm. code PARTNERSHIP. Wow. When is the course starting? April 14th. Tuesday, oh, that's beautiful. April the 14th. When we come back, Jen and I are going to talk about, you know, sometimes we can be the accidental tourist on the way to, quote, <laughs> finding our soul. Uh, and when when you all go to the Transformation Network, and we've been talking about that, you're going to look at the background, and the background is as some people would say, an accidental journey through the colors of the chakra system. Why is it accidental? Because we Googled to get a gradient color code for HTML and stumbled across a code. And when we put it in, it was the chakra system. And we designed our entire network based on these colors. So when you go and look at the transformationnetwork.com, take a look at what happens sometimes when you stumble upon the soul touching your heart. When we come back, Janet's going to walk us through this. I'm just curious from Janet's point of view, are we even in the right track about this? How does that even look? And why the chakra systems? What does that tell us? How does the aching stop aching if we understand how to connect stay tuned we'll be right back with the show i'm never gonna look back whoa i'm never gonna give it up no please don't wake me now this is gonna be the best day of my life. a retreat to open 
open your senses and heal your energy. Join Lynn Brown and Wendy Wolf for Amazing Astra Allies, April 30th through May 2nd in the beautiful Methow Valley. Open to more of your astral experiences. Learn intentional dreaming and receive astral body healings in this serene setting. This retreat is almost full. To register now or learn more, call 206-931-7356 today. Mia Simone is an avant-garde intuitive consultant, visionary, coach, and entrepreneur who guides her daily life using the gifts of her inner being. She is devoted to sharing her extensive knowledge on the invisible worlds of energy. Discover the science of intuition and connect with your greatest gift. Start living in your potential today and every day by opening up to the power of inner knowledge. Learn about the science of energy, quantum physics, and the ancient knowledge of understanding how to predict and change your future. Establish focus and expand your self-confidence, personal power, and create direction. For intuitive readings and coaching, contact Mia at 310-409-0333. Or visit her website at www.psychicmiasimone.com. If you've been struggling with fear and anxiety, you've probably noticed that you can't reason yourself out of these emotions. Why? Because these emotions don't come from the logical part of the mind. They are created by the deeper subconscious mind. Hello, my name is Dr. Friedman Schaub. Join me for my Breakthrough and Empowerment video seminar series and learn how you can work with your subconscious mind to overcome your anxiety. Visit thefearandanxietysolution.com. My dream is to end homelessness. My passion is living a green life. My dream is to end poverty. My passion is volunteering. My passion is making a difference. My dream is to cure Lyme disease. My passion is rebuilding communities. My passion is helping those in need. My passion is caring for the elderly. My dream is to find a cure for cancer. My dream is to leave a better world for my children. We all have that special passion, that lifelong dream that drives us to live our lives with meaning and to create a better world. No matter what drives you, we can all make an impact. Dr. Pat Basili is helping others make their dreams come true so we can all help make our world a better world. To learn more about how Dr. Pat is building a community of sharing hope, strength, funds, knowledge, and information, visit abetterworldcrowdfunding.com today. That's abetterworldcrowdfunding.com. Everybody, welcome back. Um, you know, Janet Connor joining me here today. And as I just want to mention to everyone, go ahead and go to the website, JanetConnor.com. Um, and what you're going to find is you're going to find just about anything you want to know about Janet. Then you're going to find just about anything you want to know about her books, whether you want to look at soul vows or you want to look at writing down your soul. And then go to courses or and, and or and or events and when you go to courses you're going to be able to find the many many ways that you can get involved but uh, janet you just put something special together for our listeners do you mind telling them what that is again 
Yeah, well, I teach. I get to teach because your soul wants five things. I teach five, six to nine week courses every year. My year is already, you know, packed and full. So I can only teach each one of my courses once live. And so I want to invite as many people as possible to come when it's live with the brand new book. So Soul Vows, the telecourse, seven weeks, one week for each chakra, starts Tuesday, April the 14th. And the Dr. Pat listeners, because one of my soul vows is I live in partnership and you are clearly responding to that partnership. And so I'd like to offer your listeners, when they register for the course and put in the coupon code PARTNERSHIP, they'll join at 20% off. Wow, thank you so very, very much. I love this. You know, when I got the book, I have to tell you, I thought, oh, okay, soul vows. But then I read it. (laughs) Then I started to read it, and I said, this is different. This is different. Um, Please, you know, and I shared with you during the break how I stumbled upon um, how we were going to design the Transformation Network and then all the associated sites with it. And I shared that with you because I don't think there are any mistakes. But I Mm -hmm. simply was Googling how to do a gradient background for our type of site. I was Googling it. And then I said to Jessica, let's just put the gradient in. And it turned out to be a chakra gradient somebody created. And so I stopped in that moment and I said, that's it. We're going to create all of the different sub-network channels each a color of the chakra. And I have to tell you, you should have been there at, at, at the table as we're saying, which aspect of this do we align which with chakra color? Now, I'm going to get the answers from you because that's what you've done in the book. How do the chakra colors? And for those of you go to Janet's uh, website, by the way, and you click on the Course Soul Vows, you're going to see that she's outlined all of the different sessions. Tell me about the relationship between our chakras and longing and soul vows. Soul vows. It's the perfect map. It's the perfect path. People Mm. want their soul vows, which basically is a very short list of the divine qualities that your soul wants to embody. You know how everybody says um, authenticity and integrity? Everybody wants to live an authentic life and high integrity. Well, what does that mean? It means that 24-7, all your relationships, not just at work, not just at the grocery store, not just at the bank, but all the time, you are always expressing the same highest possible qualities. Well, how do you know what those are? And so that's the path we want our soul vows. Now, how are we going to get there? And it just so happens that the chakra system, I mean, there is a reason. It's the oldest Vedic, ancient, exquisite story. The chakra story is the story of the individual soul represented by Shakti, the divine feminine, traveling through six experiences of duality, trying to resolve, okay, what are these issues, what is this about, and then finally, at the top of the head in the seventh chakra, uniting with Shiva, who represents the divine masculine or the transcendent. Apply whatever language you Mm -hmm. want, but it's the individual soul seeking divine union. Well, what is that? That's what mystics have been talking about since time began. 
this is, and this is um, very big and important to me. I used to say that I was a spiritual teacher. I used to say that writing down your soul was a spiritual practice. The Lotus and Lily was a spiritual practice. This year, I finally worked up the courage to say, well, actually, no. Writing down your soul, you are activating the divine voice. That is a mystical experience. In Soul Vows, you are, listen to the subtitle, gathering the presence of the divine. Where? In you? How? Through you? And as you. You are embedding these divine qualities on earth. This is a mystical practice. So it makes perfect sense that the chakras, which is your mystical construction, your energetic construction, is the perfect path to get there. So we start in the first chakra, which is typically presented as, as red, and we have a tendency to think of it as called the root chakra, you know, so you visualize your roots going down into the earth. But it's actually much holier than that because you have two roots. You are, you have a dual lineage. You are equally human. Yes, you are human with divine roots going down into Mother Earth, but you have roots up, visualize a tree, up into heaven. You are equally divine. So right away, we've stepped into a mystical relationship. You have a dual divine relationship. You are a divine being. So we play around in the first chakra with, well, what would that look like? How would I treat myself if I recognized that I really was a divine being? So the first chakra is getting ready. It's all kinds of fun, wonderful things. Then you step into the second chakra. And here is why your soul vows work and positive affirmations do not. Everybody has had the experience of being told, well, say your positive affirmations. Say your positive affirmations. And you say your positive affirmations, and they don't work for... Now, why don't they work? Because you have all these negative affirmations that you've actually been affirming since you were three years old. You're full of what I call your false masters or your false vows. And so in the second chakra, which is all of your emotions, and your emotions have incredible creative power, you call up your critical voices. You call up your false masters, not to berate them, Not to scold yourself for, how could I have been so blanking stupid? Why did I do this when I was 40 years old? Why did I live this way? No, 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 no. You call them forward as friends because you created them trying to protect yourself. Mm. And in Deep Soul Writing, which is a very safe container, you discover their story, which is your story. And you discover they're not your enemies. The great paradox of the second chakra is that your enemy is your friend. And then in the third chakra, you invite them to leave. And they finally will, in a ceremony that you create, you are your own priestess, your own shaman, you will release them. And for the first time, probably in your entire life, you will know what it feels like to be whole and now you are an empty vessel you could visualize a chalice now you're an empty vessel because your false masters are no longer running the show 
they have finally, because you listened to them, because you befriended them, because you thanked them, and then invited them, you can go now. They actually do leave. Now you step into the fourth chakra, the heart. And because you're finally empty, your soul vows march in. But they could never get in if you didn't go through the experiences of the second and the third chakra. And the fourth chakra is just ecstasy. This is where you discover your sacred marriage to yourself, your soul. What I screamed about on the page back Mm. in my first Deep Soul writing, that's what I want. I want vows I can make to myself, my soul, and my God, vows I could never break. But first, I had to have conversations with my false masters. So now... They come very quickly, very easily. The fourth chakra is just ecstasy. Now you slip into the fifth chakra, which is your throat. And everybody talks about, obviously just look at where it is in your throat, that this is the chakra of sound. Well, your soul vows are alive, living, divine presence. So they're going to teach you. You don't have to think about this. They're going to teach you their rhythm their sound, their chant, even their dance. You just play. You just have this exquisite time in the fifth chakra, falling in love with your soul vows and the way they want to be chanted. And then you um, work them into your existing or create spiritual practices around them. So by the time you leave the fifth chakra, you have this exquisite spiritual practice, mystical practice that you will chant, say, for the rest of your life. I've said my soul vows for 15 years. This November 11th will be 15 years. I've said them thousands of times. And I know that I'm just beginning to discover how rich, how provocative, how evocative they are. They have created my life. So now, you go to the sixth chakra. The sixth chakra was the surprise of my life. Did you notice that there's a swan on the cover of soul vows? Well, there's a reason. Years ago, when my publisher told me, you know, we see an iconic animal on the cover of all your books. I was so excited. Really? That was the first time I knew that they were planning on publishing five of these books. I was so excited that I couldn't function. It was about 3 o'clock in the afternoon. I was like, ah! So I took a shower. This is what writers do when we can't function. We take a walk or we take a shower. So I took a shower. In the shower, I saw the cover of all my books. And I saw a swan on the cover of Solvaz. Now, I thought, that's weird. What's a swan doing on the cover of Solvaz? Right. Well, I looked up swan, and swans are one of only seven animals that mate for life. So I thought, oh, that must be it, right? Because these are your soul vows. They're your sacred marriage vows. They're going to last your entire life. Okay, that's why there's a swan. Imagine my shock when I'm doing my ancient Vedic uh, research. And I discovered that in the sixth chakra, according to the ancient Vedic system, you're not going to read this in your typical chakra books. You've got to go into the original. Uh-huh. And I quote all of them in soul vows. I give you quite an education on uh, chakras. What I learned, you get to learn as a reader. Well, lo and behold, in the ancient yogic system, as you chant on that ancient um, Sanskrit, um, I am that, you are that, Soham, it shifts in your sixth chakra and becomes, are you ready? Hamsa. What's Hamsa? It's the Sanskrit word for swan. Mm. And the swan 
pierces the veil of time. So the ancient Vedic, back at, you know, two, three, four thousand years ago, they already knew what modern quantum physics, what Einstein figured out in the 20th century, that time is an illusion and that all time is present in all time, the past, the present, and the future. They knew that when they were meditating in the sixth chakra and riding the wings of swan. Who knew? So then I panicked, and I because um, non-writers might not know this, but the very first thing that's produced for your book is the cover. The cover is created before you even turn in the manuscript. So I quick sent the art director an email and said, um, I know you don't understand this, but trust me, there's got to be a swan on the cover. And so he downloaded, he's tuned in. His name is Jim Warner, and he is so tuned in. He downloaded that swan, which I later learned reading another book, um, is the mythic river of Tuonelo in Finland. And two white swans swim under the moonlight. <laughs> now, how did he, how did he, this is what happens when you say a dangerous prayer, when you turn yourself over to the universe, when you say, this is what I long for. I promise you, the entire universe lines up and says, okay, we know what's on the cover, we're taking care of the cover, we're on the art direction, we'll, we'll get you the chakras. It all just lines up and leads you like you and your new exquisite network. You express the longing for that, not a wanting, not a need, but how can I be of service to the divine? So then the last step is stepping into the seventh chakra. And I thought, I don't know what to tell anybody about the seventh chakra because that's union. Shiva and Shakti unite in bliss. I, you know, I'm not there yet. I'm. Uh, how, what could I possibly say? So I thought, oh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to quote all the great mystics of all time. And I spent a week doing nothing but reading Meister Eckhart, Teresa of Avila, Tukaram. I mean, I just had the time of my life. Every single afternoon, I would be so cold, Pat. The top, I would feel like I didn't have a skull bone on the top of my head. And I'd have to go take a hot shower. I was, like, shivering. Lo and behold, when I'm doing my research on the seventh chakra, and I find out that when Shiva and Shakti unite in the seventh chakra in bliss, bliss is cold. Oh, wow. And I burst out laughing alone in this room. With my two hoodies over my head, <laughs> if you do nothing but read mystical poetry for a week, I guarantee you're going to be cold, too, because you are in that seventh chakra experiencing Shiva and Shakti merging. You know how we know this? Don't we all say when somebody says something that you know is touching your soul, yeah. don't we say, oh, I got chills? Exactly. <laughs> that's that's a tiny taste. That's a tiny exactly. taste of Shiva and Shakti. So I'm so grateful to the universe for leading me into this perfect map of the chakras. Now I feel with complete confidence when I beckon people into the book or into the telecourse follow me. When we do deep soul explorations in each of the chakras, I promise you, you will receive your soul vows, and then, then the magic beat just begins, because you live them. 
I live my soul vows, and they have showered me. Like just the one soul vow I've shared with you, I live in partnership. Right. I don't think a day goes by that a new partner doesn't fall out of the sky. Wow. They just fall out of the sky. I just get wow. emails, phone calls. We'd like you to do this. We'd like you to do that. We've chosen you. Mm. you know, soul vows create you. I mean, isn't this what you've just described? And many people would look at this. Uh, and, you know, one of the things I think that comes to the forefront is this idea of understanding how, of course, you know, learning the tools to be able to step through, you know, step through this. And, and when, we're, when we're at that point where we're working to understand and then to apply, that we get to take the, these tools and apply them in every aspect of our lives. Yeah, and yeah. I think that's, you know, for me, when I kind of step away and I look at the book and, you know, and I think about, okay, these aren't just tools for how do I get up and live my day? But what you're talking about here is how do I step in to the most incredibly fulfilling aspect of who I can become. And I think that's the difference. You know, we started out by talking about want. And, of course, another one of my favorites is need. You know, I need a shower. Do you need really need a shower? Well, in you know, how do we get from there? And what I yeah. think you've done is you've, you've charted a course for people. Uh, and once we figure out what this looks like, then what we get to do is make life a lot easier because I don't know if, if I'm, you know, alone in this, but what's interesting for me is I, I can let go of hard now, right? Mm -hmm. I can let go of hard. You know, there's an old expression, you know, work smarter, not harder. And I don't know who came up with that deal, but Understanding how to take this journey, this soul vow journey, I think that's the idea of the smarter. I don't know. What do you think? It's, um, it, it, you know what it, it, it is? It's so, it's so much smarter and it's so much easier because mm. the universe, in its wisdom, is doing the heavy lifting. Yeah. My responsibility is simply to be my soul vows, to live them. And when I am consistent, then everything around me responds in kind. So it's, it's, it's so much easier that the word hard doesn't even exist in my vocabulary. And when things happen that I don't understand, I don't see, I don't get that, I have this utter trust that that is simply the universe saying, no, dear, no. That doesn't mirror you. That isn't a part of who you are. That's not a reflection of your soul vows. And I just return every day to chanting my soul vows, to living my soul vows. Every decision I make is filtered through them. And then I just have found that the in my entire world, my professional life, my personal life, everything around me is people and situations that have those same value. And so life becomes extraordinarily smooth and easy. I live in utter trust. I live in trust. Does that 
it, it's so far beyond tools. Um, I call your soul vows the most important prayer of mm. your life. Mm-hmm. This is a mystical partnership. I mean, if you knew and you really knew, this is how I live and this is how I live literally, not not figuratively, literally embodying, embodying a few divine qualities that my soul came here to express. If you walk that earth this way, then what are you worried about? What are you afraid of? I live in divine partnership, utter trust that I am always being guided, always being led. And then you begin to see it. Oh, look at that. Oh, look at that. Oh, look at that. And you say, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Then the trust builds and builds and builds and builds. So here I am coming on to my 15th year of living my soul vows, and I know they still have gifts for me. I know they're still teaching me what they really mean. How is that possible? How could seven short sentences be that rich? But when they're divine, when they're written at the soul level, you have no idea how profound they are. Wow. I can't thank you enough for today. I mean, you know, Janet, I I have... um, I'm always amazed every time I chat with you, and and I love what you've done here because you're right. I mean, you know, at the end when all is said and done, if you can all if you could all hold back to to jump to the back of the book, although I couldn't, um, there is a new way of being, and I think that's what we're talking about, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. There is a new way of being. Yeah. I have one last question. Thank you for joining us here today. What's your personal message? What would you like to leave us with? The number one thing, and it's in the opening sentence of the book, is there is a presence inside you, presence with a capital P. There is a divine presence inside you. There is a divine presence inside everyone. That presence knows you and loves you and is now calling you, calling you into its tender embrace. Mm-hmm. Wow. Thank you so very much. Give out your website again, and please mention to folks uh, about the course one more time, if you don't mind. JanetConnor.com. Connor is C-O-N-N-E-R. And join me in the Soul Vows Telecourse Live only once a year, starting April 14th. And please, because I live in partnership and Dr. Pat is one of my many, many, many partners, put in the coupon code PARTNERSHIP and join us at 20% off. Wow, thank you. Wow. Benny, thank you for a great, great couple of hours here. Thank you all for tuning us in, turning us on. And again, if you want to take a sneak peek preview at the beta site we've put up that is designed around the chakra colors, you can go to the Transformation Network. Click on the radio button and you'll see the channels that are going to be coming forth in their full bliss uh, on the 4th of July this year. And for those of you out there, thank you all for calling in. Thank you all for tuning in. Thank you all for helping us to become the station of choice. Thank you all. We'll see you next time.
Say 